Movies by Minutes, project number five. It's Silverado this time. That's no jive. By Lawrence Kasdan, who wrote the show. Let's settle up now, kids, because here we go. Happy Tuesday, everybody. Howdy. And welcome to... Welcome back to another episode of the Silverado Mini Podcast. Every week, Movies by Minutes hosts examine the 1985 Lawrence Kasdan-directed Western Silverado. One minute of screen time per episode. Hi, I'm Ethan McKinley from England. I'm sorry, I slipped effortlessly into my accent again. My first one was terrible. Uh, I'm Ethan McKinley, past host of the Two Minute Terminator. Thanks for the reminder, Jim, of the last episode. And uh, my co-host, my... Uh, my sheriff's deputy, if you will. No, I guess I'm your sheriff's deputy, aren't I, uh, Jim? No, you're uh, Jim the host. O'Kane. Oh, am I? Okay, right. Yeah, you're, you're uh, fine. My, my um. deputy. <laughs> Jim O'Kane. Yeah, I'm yeah. Bar- Barney Fife to your Irish Andy immigrant. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, wow. everybody. We're about to uh, plow into the next episode. I had a great time uh, yesterday, Jim. Thanks for having me back on. It and was... uh, I look forward to the cavalcade of information, the fire hose of information. That you're going to fire at me and I'm going to learn, as I always do, doing a show with you. Because I uh, love well, you and you're amazing. Eva, you right. are always great to have on, on the show. And here, <laughs> here we are, deep, deep in 107. In ter- another no intelligence I, and too much personality. Sorry. <laughs> and we've got, we've got absolutely no... Well, we're going to make up for the dialogue that isn't in this minute. There's nobody talking to everybody. There's a lot of... This is what my, my, dad, my dad, when he'd watch, uh, when he'd watch Italian uh, uh, intrigue shows, uh, he'd call mm. them eye, eyeball movies. He said, a lot of eyeballs. He just seeing people glancing at each other and giving, you know, knowing <laughs> nods and stuff. He goes, that's oh, another one of them eyeball movies. So, um, <laughs> so we watch, uh, it begins with, uh, with Payton riding across, uh, you know, he's home on the range there. So he's, he's riding across and, uh, it ends with, uh, a couple of scruffy looking, uh, uh, sidekicks listening to thundering hoofbeats. And what could that mean? But, uh, in the, in the meantime, we get a lot of great, great, some really great cinematography here. Yeah, I was going to say, any actor's dream is to be in one of these uh, great shots looking cool on a horse with the epic score playing in the background and stuff. It looks great. It's a good moment, for sure. Yeah, oh, it's, it's stunning. I'm just trying to keep... I mean, I, I would think... I mean, I'm not, I'm not what you'd call a horseman. I can ride a horse. I know how to, I know how to stop a horse and turn a horse, but that's about it. Um, but, uh, you know, just watching them... Uh, watching Kevin Klein working his, uh, his little bay there uh, around, around Scott Glenn's <laughs> horse and drawing him up next to him. That's like, whoa, that's pretty good horsemanship. But I'd, I'd be worried about losing my hat. I'm sure he's got them. They've all got them like nailed to their skulls. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, Is it stage tape or something or some like some string under the chin yeah. hidden within the beard? Yeah, one of those uh, c- say, command sorry, strips, I think. <laughs> around 44 seconds, there's a uh, a guy with a hat on. Um, is that James Gunton, Gun- Gethman, or is that the guy from Robocop who played Emil, the guy that gets melted by the toxic waste? Can't tell. It's very similar to him. Yeah, I think it's, it's James. Uh, James Gammon. That's him. Sorry. Yeah, I've seen him in a bunch of stuff. Yeah, he's a uh, he's got a good good face. He got a good good film. Good face. western face. Yeah, I, maybe he's like uh, he's a bit like Bill McKinney. He's in all the like the Eastwood westerns, isn't he? Bill McKinney yeah. and this. Yeah. I think he's in yeah. Deliverance as well, but we'll, we'll move on from that one. <laughs> yeah, that, that's quite a soup strainer of a beard he's got. That's real. Uh, <laughs> you could probably get all the noodles out of chicken noodle soup with one of those things. I wonder, into broth. I wonder what informed the Stalin having those giant, like gigantic mustaches and beards. I don't know. Uh, yeah, just, uh, I mean, I guess when it was, uh, you know, you had nothing better to do, you get out there with a the mustache wax and 
twirl it around. It's uh, it's quite a. Th- are now are I I don't know if you've been in any westerns, but have you? Do you have horse skills? <laughs> I mean, apart from when uh, they yes, ask you, can you ride a horse? I've been trained in again. I'm not a stuntman, but I've done like stunt riding with the Knights of Middle England stunt team. They taught me how to ride a horse from scratch, and I've known like what is it? Formation riding, combat riding. It's in Warwick, next to Warwick Castle. Oh, sure, the yeah, team. right there on the Avon. They do the kind of uh, you know classic moments in history when they have like jousting festivals and you know they do all this kind of stuff on the horses and recreate historical moments but those guys i guess a mile from the castle in they got a little ranch whatever over there and they kind of teach people during the week uh huh. you know horse riding and horse skills horsemanship that's right yeah and at weekends they uh, joust each other how they don't get killed doing it i have no idea because they they do it for real yeah knock each other. if you i guess if you go on warwick castle on youtube and see the stunt team you'll see who they are but that's them but uh, yeah fantastically skilled horsemen and stuntmen i'm nowhere near as good as that by the way i'm uh, merely a, <laughs> a I, young pretender but uh, I, i've done a bunch yeah i haven't been to work since uh, the mid 80s and i met i, I met a uh, lady warwick there the sixth oh. white widow of the sixth earl and she was unfortunately having a sell out to uh, madame tassad's for uh, to cover i mean you know that the on how did the six old die, by the way? I have questions, Lady War. <laughs> I, I don't know, but they do have an oublier that wasn't there before. So uh, the uh, but she had a she had a sellout to uh, Madame Tussauds and have it turn into a kind of a you know Ripley's Believe It or Not kind of museum. Because yeah. that whole the one side of the uh, War Castle is right up against the uh, Avon, the banks of the Avon River. You know Shakespeare fame, right. and yeah, yeah. Uh, just trying to pay for the shoring up of that thing it's slowly being eroded away by the river she couldn't afford right. it and they were going to uh, lose the whole castle off to the side so they went in and just started dropping in mannequins and uh and all of a sudden there was a torture chamber in one of the towers and, yeah. and they started doing weddings and picnics and all kinds of jazz so i'm sure it's and like what would uh, they do? how would they keep the river at bay from like destroying i guess the foundations of the castle from what i was understanding she'd have to pay for a caisson you know one of the, the what they do is they build a, a berm out into the river drain all the water out of it and then shore it up with pilings and right. then uh, uh build it up with cement i guess but that whole you know it's just it's all limestone so it's just getting eroded rapidly you know, it's like the, it's like right. the cliffs of dover just getting washed away so just say right. i mean it's it, it's sad because she was a very nice lady and she was explaining she was explaining all this she was gosh she must have been in her 80s at the time she was explaining all what they had to do and how they had to do it and yeah um, and she was like kind of she wasn't she wasn't supposed to be part of the tour but she was there and just was watching people tromping through her house so i would imagine it must have been pretty uh spare change for the river yeah exactly. you gotta try <laughs> yeah yeah so but uh, apparently i mean if you know now they've got the whole horse club there and i'm sure you can mm. you know i keep picturing the cable guy where you have a bunch of uh reenactors and then everybody's sitting around drinking pepsi um <laughs> but it's uh <laughs> A Pepsi flag in one of the nights on the yeah. jousting thing. Yeah, yeah. Sponsorship. Yeah. Team Coca-Cola. Yeah. Um, but the yeah, it's a beautiful place. I would strongly recommend if anybody's in the in the Midlands and wanting to see some uh, some nice for a touristy spot, it's it's still pretty nice. Well, also you've got the Shires, I guess, where Tolkien, Birmingham, a couple of miles down the road, is where. Uh, well, actually, where I am actually, it's kind of uh, Starbridge, Hells Owen, and the outskirts of Birmingham are, I guess, the template for Middle Earth is what uh, Tolkien was inspired by uh, basically so yeah. i live in the shire 
<laughs> and I've got hairy feet, so there we go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he didn't. He never mentioned any of, about Ladbrokes and things like that. No, there's no Ladbrokes in, in Middle Earth. No, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> run by run by an unscrupulous elf <laughs> or William Hill. No, they're uh, betting shops. American listeners, just in case you're a bit lost, but. Uh, Oh well, but we're we're back. We're, let's get back. We're back. We'll leave the Middle Earth and we'll go go to the Old West. And uh, just to, I, 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 we were talking before the before the show started about the cinematography, and I the, the it's the little things. the The fact that there's no steady cam on the on the camera that's following uh, Mal and Emmett and, uh, and oh Peyton. the horses really wow yeah I mean it's just and if you if you watch it as you, as you kind of scrub through it the the camera's kind of bouncing along with it like you're on a horse mm. watching these other guys on a horse and it really i, I think if you had a steady the... it wouldn't have played as well it really no. you feel part of it yeah i was gonna say because it was invented because the steady cameras about i think i cut tell me if i'm wrong uh for the speeder bike pov shots for return of the jedi they just undercranked the camera and ran for the redwoods i think that's um... my earliest film knowledge of a steady cam well uh, you, you you can find it in a uh, halloween 1978 uh how thank you i was wrong yes you're right jim absolutely so yeah. i wonder who okay shut up ethan um, no <laughs> it, it, it is a, it is a good uh point of it though i mean i do love i, I love that parabolic path that uh that payton takes there where he's just kind of like he zooms in from the left and then he just picks up speed and, and whips them. around yeah it's just like it's, it's like your superhero like a, shot isn't it kind of yeah. iron man flies in from the side and joins uh captain america and thor yeah it's almost like a like a jet maneuver um yeah <laughs> and i'm i don't think it was undercranked, but it just looks they're pretty going mighty fast for a for a shot like this now um, how spaced out would town maybe you don't know this i don't know maybe how spaced out would towns and settlements be in the old west because like if you were riding off into the middle of nowhere on a horse what was your guarantee you'd have enough water your horse would die would the horse be okay just eating grass along the way or etc yeah, I mean, etc well, yeah as they're, as they're as they're mentioning in there, there there can be like three days rides usually usually you're about a half a day apart or a, a day to a half a day apart there's um right there's some places out here in west texas um i know between amarillo and uh, el paso there's mm. a couple of uh, what they call the overland stage the overland stage right. and there's usually there were little way stations that were about every six hours apart. And generally it was just a barrel of water and some place where they could store grain. And, right. Uh, and, and you could, you know, roll up there. There's, um, and there's still, there's remnants of when we were just, my wife and I were up uh, a couple of months back to the Guadalupe mountains, which is an extreme. If you look at a map of Texas, you see that last little bit of a, a flat line on the West part. That's where the Guadalupe mountains mm. are. So, um, where are you exactly? Where's your house? I don't want to dox you, but uh, I'm what, a, what area? I'm in, in? I'm in between Dallas and Fort Worth. I'm right in okay. in, in North Texas, but uh, North Central Texas that would be, but extreme West Texas is almost into uh, New Mexico. Well, not too far from mm. here, where we're where we're seeing these things, and it's just kind of a mountainous region. But yeah, the Overland Stage before uh, Santa Fe Railroad and the Southern Pacific Railroad were set up, that was about it. That was the only you know, these only little way stations where they could uh, s store things. So little caches of uh, food and, and water and uh, water's hard to and come the, by out I, there. I was going to say, yeah, well, how would the water be supplied? Would it be like a well? Would they dig wells in these areas or? Sometimes no. most, mostly a cistern. They'd, they'd use like something to catch the water, what little water there was. Right. Um, but there, there are. I presume uh, they'd build these things as near to rivers as possible then, yes? Yeah, you you generally follow river paths. Um, you know that's why the, the Rio Grande was so important out there out west, and the Pecos River, 
um, yeah. the Brazos, very famous, very famous rivers in Texas. Any any sign of and to this day, there's a lot of there's a lot of towns out there that one of the things that they mention at the city limits, uh, you'll see a sign that says potable water. So you mm. say, oh, I can stop here because I, I'm not going to die if I drink the <laughs> drink out of the well. Um, the town I live Just in. Just say, Jim. Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. Uh, on the last episode, you we talked about the Canadian Pacific Railway. Is that the correct uh, term northern, for it? Northern, northern Pacific, Pacific Railway. Northern sorry. Pacific. Yeah. Uh, my great 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 grandfather worked on that. Wow. And, and we and we I've still got in the house somewhere. I'll try and find them. Some uh, slippers of a Chinese. Is it coolie or worker yeah. or yeah. These, they're very old, but 150 years old, I think, or over 100 years old. And they're kind of made of like, they're all coming apart now. But I, if I can find them, it's like I'll silk send you a or photograph. Yes, please yeah. do. You can post it on the, uh, on the website I, out there. Yeah, apparently we had like gold ingots and little things of old West, old timey things. But as the years have gone on, like, I think like shady family members have like frittered them away and gone down the pawn shop essentially. So the only thing left, oh, I imagine they think are worthless with these old Chinese. Co- What's am I saying? Am I being racist? Co- say coolie. I don't know what a coolie. Coolie is, was the a... coolie was the phrase that was used at the yeah. time. So Chinese coolie slippers. There we go. Wow. Apologies. Intriguing. <laughs> um, the yeah, I know. I'd love to love to see a, a picture of that. Um, it's uh, and of course, you know, as we were saying yesterday, there's the weirdest part on this western is there's no railroads, and usually, no. I mean, the typical fight, as as can be seen in movies like Blazing Saddles, is the railroads yeah. coming through and they want to make a big. Mostly, it's about real estate deal, and this is no different. There is a real estate deal here going on. Is that uh, <laughs> like Lex Luthor? <laughs> yeah, M- M- McKendrick wants to have his ranch land. And people like uh, Mal's dad, Ezra, was building a farm that would, of course, mm. be fencing stuff off and blocking his uh, his path back to the you know, what I would assume would be the Santa Fe Trail at this point. Right. We uh, we live in the uh, we live not too far from the traces of uh, the Chisholm Trail, which ran from uh, uh, just south of Fort Worth to um, uh, Chicago, and uh, it would go up through uh, the Oklahoma territories, Kansas into uh, into Illinois. That was later taken over by uh, railroads like the Missouri Kansas uh, Te- Texas Railroad, the MKT. Mm. Um, and uh, then what they decided to, uh, since Chicago was kind of far off, they moved the uh, meatpacking plant to Fort Worth, and Fort Worth had yeah. a massive uh, abattoir to chop up. I think they had something like 150,000 head of cattle per year. Wow, they were uh, you know turning into hot dogs and. Uh, only <laughs> sandwiches. So uh <laughs> you said the Chisholm Trail, by the way. Is that any relation to the John Wayne movie or the character you played? Chisholm? Yep. That's based, some, yeah, yeah. That's based on yeah, the Chisholm Trail is, is right there. It's now a right. It's now a toll road. And uh <laughs> it, it, there's lots of uh it, it, what well, used to be the Chisholm Trail is now the Chisholm Trail Parkway, I think is what they're calling it. And uh it's uh it's of course being festooned with uh apartments and condos because it's, it's now that there's a direct route that you can get to downtown fort worth out from the middle right. of nowhere um so it's i remember 10 or 15 years ago there was this talk of this trans texas corridor road that was going to go all the way up to texas and i think it was vetoed by the people of texas i'm trying to think almost 20 years back now hmm. and it just reminded me of these like unscrupulous land or you know road developers just cutting through well, that's sort of yeah. what uh, Interstate 35 has become. The interstate, it, okay. The interstate, thir- interstate system in the U.S. Uh, the north and south ones end in five. Like 95 is in the east coast, and the I-5 is on the west coast. So right. we're kind of smack in the middle at I-35, which goes from the very bottom of Texas up into Canada, and that's part of the uh, the whole NAFTA route that will take that's goods it. between Mexico and Canada. 
and it is a very busy road. Um, but of course, this is nothing like nothing like what was back in the day where you'd be pushing <laughs> pushing cattle around with a bunch of cowboys. Um, I uh, we were, and before before we were starting this, the music is really getting. Uh, we were listening to the music, and the music is really getting epic with the oh yeah tambourine, especially that a... shot with the three horses. It's great. I saw the saying It's like it's your it's your hero shot that any actor would want to be. Yeah, lucky enough to be in one film with it happening, but yeah, it's a it's a great shot. Yeah, and they keep doing it over and over again, but it's it's fine <laughs> because it it works it works every time. And uh, you know, I guess in that that one scene, you know that that, that music must be right on on the scene because the even the horses that are around McKendrick's farm have noticed it. And they're all kind of listening around, going, "Do you yeah. hear that French horn?" That? <laughs> it's like the Mel Brooks thing when the camera pans around. There's like a moving truck with an orchestra on it. Is yeah, that yeah. High, high anxiety, or something? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, there, yeah. There's uh, uh, Duke Ellington, or Duke Ellington's band. Is, is yes. playing, playing away. Um, <laughs> Yeah, that's that's sort of it. Sort of feels like, but uh, gosh, so many beautiful horses. Yeah, and, uh, every, everybody getting uh, panicking and and uh, the the scruffier the scruffier guys that are up there um, are definitely knowing some something's up. Um, but uh, the one problem that I have with the cinematography in this particular minute is it's so many different times a day. I mean, it's like early morning, it's afternoon, it's in the morning and it's back at being afternoon. And I, I know yeah. that they can't control the weather. Well, I mean, Kevin Klein pulls up on his horse free, joins him in that like two horse turns yeah. three. There's like a bounce on him. Like, there must be like shining from him below because his face is quite well lit and red. It looks like they've got a sun bounce yeah. shining up onto his face. I guess because you have to light him because your hat would just block out any kind of... Uh, yeah, yeah, he'd be in shadow. Light, essentially, yeah. So they'd light him from below. Yeah, um, but just uh, yeah. It, oh, Scott Glenn as well. I'm sorry, of course, fresh off the right stuff and things. And yeah. Danny Glover, 1985, I guess, was his year because he had the color purple out. Not sure if you want to ask. Maybe Whoopi Goldberg did. Then obviously yeah. went on to uh, Lethal Weapon one in '87. So this was his year. Yeah, they were. Sort of uh, and... They were all happening. I mean, and uh, Fish Called Wanda with uh, Kevin Klein was about the same time, wasn't it? About or maybe I think it's '88 with John oh, Cleese. Okay. But John Cleese is in this, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, they're just yeah, everywhere. I that. I was like, bloody hell, it's John Cleese. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it's I a bit just... like uh, Kenneth Branagh's Frankenstein. He's in that. You're like, what bizarre casting choice, but he's great in it. It's strange <laughs> he didn't do more serious films, really, I think. I guess it was yeah. one of his serious roles, but uh, there we go. Yeah, no, I think uh, putting Cleese in really uh, got rid of the 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 dead the deadliness of this movie i mean if you see you just drop cleese in and it lightens it lightens it up and even if even yeah. when he's making threatening gestures it's like okay it's just <laughs> cleese, so that's okay his ministry uh, of silly walks and his parrot falling out of his suitcase <laughs> in the armrest <laughs> uh, well i was gonna say because we mentioned the searches the other day whenever you like get the empire movie magazine the top 50 or 100 movies silverado is always in there and uh, the searches are some of the best westerns, long and unforgiven. So I mean, there is a a fandom for it or a fondness for this film, certainly. Yeah. So I was going to say, what's your? Uh, I mean, obviously, you do these films that you love. We did Rocketeer together and Air Airplane, Christ, Air, Airport, Airport, yeah. And uh, Andromeda Strain. What's your attachment to this? Because we had like the uh, the Andromeda minute story. We've had the uh, your airport uh you know your bond to that film of course the rocketeer i, I even think we got a, the tail end of the story of you being in logan's run as an extra i think in that weird shopping mall in texas yes but yeah. <laughs> i think we, we talked about that every no, show but that was my western, yeah 
my, uh, yeah, my, my, Silverado. my feeling about Silverado is I love the storytelling. I, I like, I like a show where you can, you can point out that, you know, this is what went wrong. This is, this is where the, you know, they're the, the three major parts There's exposition, complication, resolution. And mm. this is a very much solid classic three act. And you've got, um, You've got characters that move in and out that help the main character. And to me, the main character mm. is Payton, although it changes. It seems to change every once in a while. Yeah. But, uh, but Payton is the guy that that is the through line for the story. Um, when uh, when Bruce Broughton was on, he said that you can you can feel the screenwriter uh, Lawrence Kasdan's work at hand, because the first thing that he says to the you know, the good guy says to the bad guy is hello. Uh, uh, hello, Cobb. Hello, Payton. And we're getting we're getting ahead of ourselves from for another uh, minute, but he finishes with goodbye, Cobb, goodbye, Peyton. And it's like all these little bookend things that are happening that um, we, you know, we set things up that, you know, you know, Kevin Costner's really good with a horse. You know, he, you know, he's, he's good at taking a tumble, getting out of things and hiding himself. Mm. Uh, so that's that's going to play out later on this week. Um, you know everybody's been wronged somehow uh emmett yeah. has every reason to go after mckendrick because he did five years in jail for a crime he really wasn't responsible for mm. he did it in self-defense we were also seeing that you know his the henchman that he's about to face uh tied him down and, and rode horses over him so he's he's got every reason to just plug everyone's got a beef basically yeah yeah you, you yeah. know what the stakes are as you're going in i, I like i i enjoy movies that are mysterious but I also like movies that have great clarity and, and Silverado has one of the most clear, I think it would be on, and, and, you know, happening the same year, I think it's on the same level of screenwriting as back to the future. I think yeah. it, 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 it neatly ties up the loose ends that it, it untied at the beginning of the movie. Um, except for Rosanna Arquette. I don't know what she's doing in this movie. I can't, she, <laughs> I think they put her in and then they try to figure out what to do. And there's probably like 30 minutes of her on the cutting room floor somewhere that explains some of her, business she's very popular in 85 wasn't she is it who's that girl she was in the madonna film uh yeah that's it sorry yes so she was kind of a happening thing back then wasn't she so i guess they kind of put her in and then they were like yeah and the whole, to the whole toto side thing yeah um, <laughs> but it was yeah it's uh and yeah, I mean, I think it's the screenwriting. It's uh, it's definitely. I mean, you know, you as an actor can can vouch for this. Is that everybody in every scene is just chewing the scenery like nobody's business. This is like, <laughs> okay, it's my minute now. And you know, they, they get in there and they're you know they're acting their hearts out. I'm I'm trying to figure well, that's what out. I asked in, I mean, sorry, that's in the previous episodes about the kind of the, the arch element to this site. So it's not total realism. It's kind of like it's brightly lit. They wear kind of extravagant clothes. These guys, they're kind of well kept in a way they look very superhero and defined and iconic in their outfits so it's not kind of like i guess unforgiven that i always come back to that's kind of grotty and miserable yeah and but in rags. I, this is more like i mean coming out the same year young guns this is a lot like yeah. young guns that they were yes. all you know they were all fashion uh plates as they're as they're doing their stuff yeah. um but yeah it's it's definitely um it's not real. It's movie real, though. Not in a bad way. I mean, it's great. I mean, it's a, but uh, yeah, it's very kind of uh, yeah. element, the elements of not fantasy, but there's a kind of like, like you said, a lightness to it. It's not. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, it, when you look at the th these three guys, okay, um, Mal lost his dad and he's upset. 
and he's just he just watches watched his sister get shot so she's in a bad way so he's he's got all kinds of emotional problem emmett was kicked in the head by a horse and he shook it off <laughs> and if you'll remember from last week's uh episodes uh Kevin Klein was drinking a whole bottle of the good stuff. So he's plastered as he's on this horse that he apparently can maneuver like uh, Tom Cruise in Top Gun. So, you know, it's, these guys are very damaged, but they're still, you know, they're out to do justice. And that's, you know, that's why we're rooting for them, even though they're not perfect. Kevin Klein's more of a theater actor, isn't he? I think more so I know him as maybe I always forget him and William Hurt, not confused, but I always put them in the same kind of box. They pop up in movies sometimes. Yeah. You get the impression they're very well respected, like New York stage actors from Juilliard, which I think they are. Yeah. Uh, and he, yeah. he uh, and Klein, I, I've liked him in other movies. I liked him in um, Dave. Dave. Yeah. Liked, yeah. Yeah. Pl- yeah. Where he's playing the president and, and, and fish for wonder, of course, he's Oscar oh. winning. <laughs> Yes, it's just uh, very cringy, but good. It's very, <laughs> yeah, he's he's very good. It just it's a, he's an amazingly versatile actor. I mean, and you hire you hire Scott Glenn for not acting. He just you know he, gives, is the, he says the line and does the stone face. I mean, he's got that yeah, um, and he could do it. I as, guess he's kind of the Clint Eastwood kind of image in this film, isn't he? With the, yeah, the, yeah, the look of him certainly, and he's yeah, got the I mean, squint, he, and he's got he's the, got the, the face that tells a thousand stories. Yeah, the the same expression that he had in Apocalypse Now. I mean, he has that whole. <laughs> he's in that. Uh, yeah, he's in. He's one is of. Is he? Uh, Where is he in that? Oh my god! Uh, Jim always gets me out every episode oh. of the surprise. This is that one. Yeah, he's he in uh, that really. God, listen yeah, to my voice going up. Oh now, it's, oh, it's really going to hurt when I tell you who he was. He's the uh, the guy they sent up river to get Kurtz before Willard. Oh, and he's the yes. guy that's standing there. He's got paint on his face. He's very young. Yeah, he's yeah, a, yeah. A rare young. And oh he's standing there with a spear, and uh, and, and <laughs> Martin Sheen looks at him like, going, "Oh, it's you, you know." So, and I like Larry Fishburne's in it as the young black kid on the boat. With yeah, him. Like, seven, oh, yeah everyone, he was sixteen, playing seven. Stupid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He lied about his age, That's... and they flew him to the Philippines. What a wow! Um, <laughs> this by the way, Scott Glenn. How did I not know that? Bloody hell, Jim! Yeah, you got young, me, young Scott Glenn. Wow. Well, shout out to uh, to Tierney uh, <laughs> Tierney Steele for uh, doing the Apocalypse Minute. Uh, I'm sure she's talking about it over there heavily, so, uh, but uh, yeah, uh, he's just great. I, I mean, and I've always, well, with my uh, my recent surgery and stuff, I associate most Glenn, so with Scott Glenn when he's uh, playing Alan Shepard and has to use the restroom. Uh, so, <laughs> <laughs> I feel a personal affinity, but um, he, uh, yeah, it's just an amazing cast. Brian Dennehy, the perfect villain because he's so he's such a big bear hug of a guy. He just, you yeah. Know, you, you love a you love a villain who is personable. Will I mean, Teasel from First Bloods. You know? yeah, 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 or even even a, a Gene Hackman as Lex yes. Luthor. I mean, he's so you want to hang with the guy no matter how bad he is. He's just like, hey, you're okay. <laughs> uh, he only passed recently, didn't he? It wasn't too long ago, if I remember. He was in the in the West End, I think, in the mid two thousands when I first yeah. moved to London out of drama school. He was in some play in the West End. I'll try and find it for the next episode. Yeah, died in two thousand ten. Okay, not ten years ago, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, he was in a horrible show called uh, Single Dad show called Big Shameless Little Shameless. It lasted two episodes, and it was just, it got one of the lowest ratings ever. And the guys from Smokey and the Bandit. Yeah, that's uh, Big Enos and Little Enos. <laughs> FX Murder by Illusion, Gladiator, Cocoon. That's a great one. Cocoon, yeah, it's a yeah, yeah, yeah. peel his eyeball back and. <laughs> I think I see wow. that clip in my. 
Wow, and you know, of course, and that you know, we're, as we're getting to the to the end of the minute, there's the uh, we're talking about the thundering hoofbeats, and really, too, I mean, you, you've been out on the on the fields of Warwickshire and felt the when you're when you've got a lot of horses running around, it's amazing that sound going rumbling through the ground. Oh yeah, um, when you do that formation riding, he, like he like if you're watching it, you're not part of the thing. You can like feel it in your feet and in your chest through the ground. It's very strange. Yeah, I, I used to go to uh, steeplechase races in uh, Virginia. Mm. And you just, you wouldn't see them as they were coming around the corner, but you hear this, and it's just, it's like, you feel the volume through your feet just get bigger and bigger, wouldn't you? Yeah. 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 It's it's (laughs) stunning. Very, uh, very worthwhile. If you get a chance to see a bunch of horses and racing each other, it's, that's the place to be. Wow. Well, (laughs) I think speaking of beating horses, we've we've done this minute in good, but it's a, it's a great setup that, you know, something's coming. That's the way it's. I mean, I do like the uh, suspense. Yeah, yeah, justice on a on a horse or on several. Thousand. The guys in the black hats get ready. Yeah, there's a whole lot of retributions coming. Whole lot of hamburger on its way. Wow. Well, <laughs> Ethan, when when people want to yes, listen sir. to when people want to listen to you when I'm not around, where where do they go to find your stuff? Quite frankly, why would anyone listen without you around? Oh, With the greatest double act since uh, Bush and Sundance. <laughs> hey, a Western reference. Uh, I wow. can be found uh, on the Two Minute Terminator, one of the minute shows. From years ago, my God, it's at least six years Ep- a ago. A classic, now, an epic classic. A yeah. classic. I think we're the third or fourth ones out of the gates. Uh, you can find me on Questable, uh, my podcast on YouTube. I'm gonna, I might resurrect that. I'm. Uh, you should. I'm feeling. I'm feeling resurrectable. I think I need to start interviewing interesting people from around the world. By the way, my biggest audience viewership on the Cocaine Cowboys episode with Billy Corbin, nearly half a million views. Wow. I only checked wow. the other day. I was like, oh my God, I should restart this show. What did I do? Well, yeah. Life just <laughs> got very busy. <laughs> yes, that's, that's monetizable. Get in there. Yes. I know, right? <laughs> uh, and also Instagram, I guess, Ethan underscore McKinley. So you've got uh, Questionable on YouTube, the Two Minute Terminate, which is only on YouTube now for free. And uh, Ethan underscore McKinley, if you want to have a butchers at my empty, vapid, and faceless <laughs> life on Instagram, if you really want to. I don't know. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Oh, I do appreciate you being on the being on the show and and helping my little project get along, get a good. Well, good solid you know background. me, Jim. I would do these. I'll say yes any day of the week and twice on Sundays. I love doing this show. I really do. I always learn something. It's entertaining. We've got a great rapport and chemistry. If you were a woman, I'd marry you. I love you that much. It's great. <laughs> I love doing these shows. Uh, my wife would object, but yeah, I understand completely. No, it's 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 step always... aside, woman. He's mine. <laughs> <laughs> It's 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 always a, a great time. These these shows are the easiest to do, Ethan, because you've got so much you got so much content swelling up inside you, just ready to <laughs> spill out like like and Niagara talk Falls. Over the host, Jim. Yeah, I'm, I'm, it doesn't always come out right, but we we do try. I'm no, a work in progress. What can I say? It's great work. Wow. Well, it, for folks for folks who want to hear more of Ethan this week, the best way to do it is to subscribe right here on uh, whatever you're listening to on this. It's probably you know if you got here from Apple Podcasts or Spotify or one of those or Google Play, you know all that stuff. Go and click subscribe, click like, click click. I love this show. I want more. Um, Give us a review because it helps you with the league tables to kind of percolate through the algorithms. Exactly, and that's how you'll find exactly. Jim. Exactly. It's, you know, Joe Rogan sits down going, oh, they've got a new show. And you probably listen to us. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but we're, yeah, we're, we're out there on all those fine uh, podcast platforms. Um, if you want to talk back to us, though, the best way to do that is to go on Facebook and go to the, uh, 
Silverado, um, I'm sorry, the Midnight Star, the Silverado Minute Listeners Saloon out there on Facebook. Uh, look for us and I'd love to hear from you. It's always interesting people's own personal takes on this great Western. Uh, you can also uh, catch us on Twitter at uh, Silverado MXM, MXM standing for Movies by Minute, of which Ethan and I are both a small part of. Now over 200 and as recording 230. Uh, are there different, really? Different shows. Yeah, it's amazing. It's, it's growing like oh topsy, yeah. Just the Star everywhere. Wars minute's still going. What are they on now? Yeah. Oh, Day yeah. One? Yeah, yeah. They're, <laughs> they're well, they're on the Mandalorian, I guess, now. They run out of films. Yeah, I know. They're, they're going. I know that uh, as, as we're recording this, Indiana Jones minute is now caught up waiting for Indy 4 or 5, whatever the late. Yeah, 5. They're waiting on that one so they can record new episodes. But everybody's getting in there. And uh, chances <laughs> are, you know, if, if you go to moviesbyminutes.com, you can find uh, your favorite movie maybe out there. And if you're not, uh if it's not you you should make your own show i i think uh ethan and i would both agree that if if you see um if, if you know of a movie that hasn't been done before go do it because uh there's probably other people who like the movie <gasps> as much as you we get into the night how did i forget that oh yeah into the night yeah, I didn't, wake into the night. didn't I have my favorite film for some for reasons i still <laughs> don't know why it's my background TV, whatever you're doing, something in the film. I love that movie. Why? I, I, can't, I literally can't explain why. <laughs> uh, uh, we covered it so thoroughly. That's what it was. You've, you did. I think I did two weeks on it with various people as well. I stepped in. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. I love that. Great film. Wow. Yeah. Nightminute.com if you want to listen to previous episodes with me and Ethan chatting it up about uh, an evening in LA with, uh, <laughs> with Jeff and Michelle. Oh, so, yes. Yeah. 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 And, uh, and HR Giga. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Stories to be listened to. So check that out, nightminute.com or at Into the Night on uh, Movies by Minutes. You can find it out there on Spotify as well. Anyway, we will pick this up tomorrow as Wednesday beckons and we hear those thundering hoofbeats. So uh, join us here tomorrow on uh, the Silverado Minute. But in the meantime, yee-haw! Woo-ha, partner! Uh, that wasn't a good one. I'll get you better the next episode, I promise you. I'm awesome. sorry. <laughs> Ta-ta! Bye! Bye!